BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. A playlist original. Just watch me. The medium is the message. Proof is a proof. What kind of proof? It's a proof. It has no core identity. Smashed potatoes with no gravy, you know what I'm saying? Speaking uh, moistly on them. Hello and welcome to Just Watch Me. I'm Kate. And I'm Liv. And today on the podcast, we have two very special guests from from a podcast called Canadian Politics is Boring. So in their podcast, Reese attempts to convince Jesse that Canadian politics are an, actually a fiery roller coaster full of murder, double crossing, and infamy. Their show has broken the top five podcasts in Canada on Apple Podcasts. So we hope that by a mere association, we might propel our own show to the same success. So welcome to uh, Jesse and Reese. Finally, the truth comes out. Hey, thank you for having us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It's always been a ploy. Um, So why don't we, uh, so maybe introduce yourselves. We're interested to know about your show, how it came to be. Um, How does a Welshman end end up meeting a Canadian and starting a podcast? What's what's your origin story there? (laughs) Well, I I was exiled from Wales. It's Uh, true. (laughs) Because he's such a rabid, uh, a a rabid nudist. Yeah, 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 public nudist. Um, they don't allow it, but um, they do in Canada on one beach in HRM. And that's where you yeah. spend the majority of your time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I moved to Canada three years ago, and me and Jesse were working together, uh, making pretty average corporate films. I would a, say soul-sucking corporate films. Soul-sucking yeah. corporate films, but we always had a riot when we were in a room together. And I was like, oh, we should do a podcast one day. And then, um, and then for about a year and a half, every two months, you would text me with a podcast idea, and yeah. I would say, yes. Let's do that. That's a great idea. And it would never happen. Never. Until about two years later, uh, you you text me with the one podcast idea I genuinely didn't want to do, which is Canadian politics. And you just, you fucking ran with it. Can we swear on your show? Please that- do. Yeah. Well, so the, that- <laughs> the thing is, is that I just watched the my first ever Canadian election, which I, I can't vote. I mean, there's going to be another one. I can't vote because I'm, I'm only a permanent resident, not a citizen. But our podcast can run. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can talk because about if politics. a talking, walking I peanut can't. can run, yeah, yeah. then our podcast as a, as a, as a format, as a medium, can run in the election, and I think we should. 
We should, yeah. yeah. Just have a podcast as a candidate. <laughs> 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 um, so, I, and I was like, oh, I don't, I was so so wrapped up in like what was going on with Brexit back in the UK. It was like, I need to learn about politics because I'm, I'm really invested here. My kids are pretty much Canadian three years later. You know, they love it here. So I, I should stop looking at British stuff and look more at Canadian stuff. And and I realized I knew nothing. So I was like, well, what if I, I Jesse only votes because his friends make him. It's true. Um, <laughs> And then I want to learn about it. So what if I'm one lesson ahead of a Canadian teaching a Canadian about their own politics? Um, and and uh, that was it. And then like, we're like 110 episodes in. And I actually I actually know a lot more about the Canadian system. I've never and, learned more about the and, Canadian politics system in and, my and, entire life. Jesse has, has somehow managed to be entertained and interested in Canadian politics for the first time in his life. That's so. true. <laughs> So, so then would you say that you've accomplished your mission? Like, yep, we're done. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I, I think okay, that- so, so what's the verdict at the end of the day? Is Jesse, like, is Canadian politics truly boring? Oh, God, no. It's, it's now an ironic title because the world <laughs> Canadian politics is boring. And so it can, it can keep sticking that way, despite me having changed my mind on the topic. But uh, no, Canadian. I mean, Canadian politics is anything but boring. It's. I mean, some of the some of the examples Reese has given me. I want to double down on these. I want to do more of uh, who's who's Mackenzie King. King is yeah. a like, mate. Oh my! Completely under discussed. How crazy the Mackenzie King life story really is. His own TV show, like his own miniseries. So like, it's crazy. Yeah, if you can have an entire podcast on on Doug Ford, you can have an entire podcast on Mackenzie King. So Jesse, we have something to tell you. Katie and I have a drinking game, actually, of every time during your podcast that you say this should be a miniseries. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you need to email them to us to remind. Yeah, them that that's to- great. Oh my god, no, hold on. Please tell me that's true. Is that actually true? Because that I that would be amazing if someone actually made a drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> okay well i it was something i took note of in your podcast was i drinking while listening to your podcast cannot confirm or deny it's more it doesn't have the experience highly suggest yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah if you had to maybe we'll we'll go there if you had to pick one of the stories from canadian spies or boring to make into a mini series what would it be oh my god uh yeah. i think it would have to be camera notice no, Igor Gazenko. Oh, yeah, right. It's just like, you know, he... Because he was seduced by Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, he, he, thought he, <laughs> he thought he was being sent back to Russia to be punished because he thought he'd done something wrong. And they were, gonna, and they were celebrating a kid and his wife was pregnant with like another daughter. And then, you know, the fact that he was, he was like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to let Canada know and the Western countries know that Russia's spying on them. And I'm going to give them all the information. And then to go to... The police station and for them not to believe him and then to go somewhere else and somewhere else and then have to, to have to go home <laughs> and then i go can we hide in, in your apartment to their neighbor then to hear the kgb like go through all this stuff you know it's just it was just it's just such an epic story it is an epic story i mean that would make an amazing like one-off netflix series. and exactly and then for him to then spend the rest of his life when he did public appearances to talk about his book to wear a pillowcase over his head what? Uh, with eye holes cut out yeah because well, I mean, he was what? Because he was on the run from the KGB. Did you tell me that? Was that in the yeah, show? Yeah, I thought he wore a hat. I didn't know he wore a pillowcase. Was there a pillow? It was sure it looked like a pillowcase or something <laughs> over his like head. Like a balaclava? I would have worn a balaclava because a pillowcase is... is like, that makes a lot of sense. Like that's, I feel like a balaclava we would have remembered. Is. That slipped yeah. a few inches <laughs> to the right or left. And you got a pointy edge <laughs> of the... <laughs> running straight up. That's not a good look. Anyone cold? Do you want me to light this piece of wood? You know, it's, <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> 
that was pretty wild part of the story when you revealed that he had brought like he had brought his documents he had brought his stuff to the rcmp and they were like uh no thanks it's okay like espionage is usually something that the cops kind of care about like the fact that they had to convince he had to convince them was pretty wild also mackenzie king like just being fed up and going oh this is gonna be work (laughs) (laughs) can we just uh, let's pretend it didn't happen you know um for him to be like he was obviously burnt out from world war ii um, which you know, uh, which is understandable, but you just you just <laughs> want to accept the truth that uh, Russia has had a lot of moles in in Canada. Really, that was, that was the most. I think that was the be the e- most easy to translate to screen. Um, was Mackenzie King not believing? But they can we? No, just then the whole, we can do a just the whole thing. Just the whole, just the whole story. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, oh, I thought you were going to say the most believable aspect of that was Mackenzie King not believing him. No, Which would be great because then we could we could use that and really like hone in on that for an episode and then hopefully do a spin-off called Oh Mackenzie. Oh Mackenzie. Oh, Mac- yeah, and it's like a sitcom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that could be the, the tagline, the slogan in the show. Oh Mackenzie. <laughs> Changing gears slightly back to the spies. <laughs> oh, really? If I might. I'm talking about spies. Do we need an ASMR break? <laughs> <laughs> so you're Main podcast, like we talked about, is about politics. And now you're talking about spies. So how did that happen? <laughs> what well, was it about? Did you like was there a particular story that really got well, you invested? Well, we Tell did we did an experiment last December where we did the winter festival of unaligned <laughs> celebration advent calendar. Advent calendar, well fuck act, which was uh fr- from the first which Reese can't remember the acronym. Yeah, yeah. Up to this day. <laughs> I can't remember my own acronym. But um, the, it was basically every day leading up to the 25th, we did a, a daily show that was uh, just talking about funny politics in winter or to do with seasonal holidays and everything like that. Like one of them was, guess how many Canadians drink eggnog here? Like it was just stupid little. And the funny thing is, is Reese meant to have that be like a three minute little podcast yeah, yeah. per day. And it ended up being like 20 minutes every single day. I did a daily show for 25 days. It was tough. But, um, <laughs> so it, but it went really well. Like we, we had got really good feedback from the listeners. And now they expect us to do one every year, which um, I'm, I'm already... You really painted yourself in a corner there. I knew that was going to happen, by the way. I don't know how you didn't see that. But I thought, I thought we were getting to the middle of the year. And I was like, oh, we should do something else. And we thought like roughly in the middle of the year, it'd be good to do another daily and um, and I was because because the shows about politics, we're trying to find stories about politics. A lot of these spy stories didn't really fit. I'd come across them because spying in politics kind of goes hand in hand. But I was like, oh, it'd be cool if we just did a season of 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 uh, spy shows, and then also it might draw a new audience in because you know a lot of people don't even waste their time even testing out political content. But if right. you talk about spies and something different, that might draw people in. And it was it was just an experiment on that, on that re- uh, for that reason. For those reasons, I guess, but um, and it's just fun. I, I I like the intensity of doing a run of daily shows and just to choose. He pet. says that before <laughs> and, before he does them, but then in the middle and at the end, he swears he'll never do one again. Yeah, yeah. But then he does. <laughs> idea <laughs> so, uh, like, but it, I, I think the, the research was, you know I'm, I'm always finding I, I compulsively research the episodes you the find topic. shit that no one's heard of I don't like it's not it's not just me who's blown away other people are like how the fuck does we find this stuff <laughs> the one I'm most proud of though and this is really Wolfgate? funny Wolfgate I don't, I don't know if you listened to the episode about the 
the the um, the military were testing out um, the most whether they could make people story. in the Annapolis Valley in Nova Scotia believe in wolves by playing the sounds of wolves howling. <laughs> um, uh, and it was a, just a weird experiment to try and influence public opinion. So uh, a lot of people, it, it was a really random article that I found when we talked about it. But one of our listeners um, had a gift for Jesse recently and lived locally. And so he was... Funny. He was he he recently retired from um, uh, from spying essentially. He was he was in the he was working for the Canadian government as um, in in terms of uh, in that field. I can't remember exactly what he said in terms of his what he did, but he just retired. And he said when he listened to the episode, he he was asking around like, "What the hell were they?" Because <laughs> he, he hadn't heard of it either, and he was working in, in the department and stuff. So it's kind of a, but it was you just I just troll the internet looking for these random articles and, and news things. Did and, you say you troll the internet that we just said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> troll. T R A W L. Like a troller. What? Troll. Troll. Yeah. What's tr- to troll? To troll. Where you just drive, you just plow through stuff. Like a. Anyway. I, I, right. I, I go on anyway. the internet and I read and I make notes and I go, that'd be a good story. And then we build an episode up. From now Reese is describing um, the act of researching. <laughs> Thank you, Reese. Google Doc with about 45 future episodes kind of in notes already. And I just, Amazing. And I've got a problem. <laughs> That's great. You've got it. You've got like a, uh, a release for that problem. It's, yeah, yeah. it's not illegal. It's great. Talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> so in your episode on CSIS, you are filling out an application to be a member of CSIS. And um, I just want to know, has anyone called you about that? I, I didn't actually finish it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, really, I, I, I kind of feel like I, I breached the rules of not being- You just, you blew it by doing it live on a podcast. So I, don't, I just, I just don't think I'd be a very, a very good spy because um, I don't know. I, I think I just want you to get the interview. I don't want you to actually be a spy. <laughs> just go for the, just interview. Go for the interview. Can you imagine? That'd be a, a, a feather in your cap. I'm terrible because it, if I feel uncomfortable, I have to make jokes. And job interviews are not the time to make a joke. It's <laughs> probably not a good characteristic for a spy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I'm not wearing a wire. Call it a laser. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if you have to sign an NDA just after interviewing with CSIS. I bet you they got that shit on lock. Yeah. You must. Yeah, you've got to sign like in the UK, they call it the Official Secrets Act. I don't know what they, if they call it here or whatever, but the I'm, Official Secrets Act is such a cute name for that. <laughs> well, it's it's like something that like a ten-year-old will, will give to someone else in a treehouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the tax office, you've got to like sign the Official Secrets Act. You're at people's confidentially after spinning around three times, hitting your head three yeah, times, yeah, yeah. and swearing off women. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Official Secrets Promise of the Yaya Sisterhood. <laughs> But I find it really interesting. Like we, like we, we showed some of the, the re- recruitment videos. They were like, we were saying, like, I, um, it looked like a, you know, a JJ Abrams kind of directed them. They were, well, they weren't quite that production standard, but the style was very much. Uh, <coughs> they were really good, but um, I, I, it just blew my mind that they were like going, well, let's embrace popular culture and the style of how people see spying in popular culture, even though everyone else I, I know. Who's, um, or every other every other time I've seen it, they try and downplay. They go, "It's not like the movies. It's actually quite boring." You sat in a van listening to people's phone calls for twelve hours a day, you know, six days a week or whatever. Or it's just paperwork or um, uh, setting up a network or something. And uh, they Canada didn't go for that. They were like, "Let's just bullshit." 
to get as many people <laughs> to apply as possible to make it look as sexy as possible. And then and then when they're disappointed, it's too late. They've signed the Official Secrets Act and they're earning 60 grand a year and they, they won't want to quit. <laughs> like, okay, so now I'm going to give you a teeny, teeny pop quiz about your own show. Feel where I'm going to ask you some questions about the different episodes and you can just give maybe our listeners a little bit of a teaser of what to expect, maybe entice them to come listen to certain episodes. So um, since we're talking about CSIS, let's start with CSIS. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what CSIS stands for and how it was birthed? And the point of this question is that I would bet that most Canadians don't know we have the Canadian intelligence service of our own. I think I've, I've met a lot of people who, who've heard of CSIS. I always you know, agree with people. CSIS. That's, That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you uh, included. Canadian, I can't remember. It's Canadian, Canadian Secret Intelligence Service. That's my guess. I mean, there's an I, I, it's not a guess. I should a couple know. I's and E's in there. Yeah, I think, yeah. Or the uh, PH, maybe a, a silent Q. But that's my dyslexia. I can tell you exactly why it was set up. Because the too many moles and the, uh, the Royal Mounted Police had failed so badly at uh, maintaining it's not the question um, they did you know, like how you did ask me that question didn't you, you did ask yeah me. no we i did? can't confirm that question was asked by me <laughs> so, uh, and, so uh, sorry jesse for the podcast listeners reese was telling me to shut my face <laughs> <laughs> and then not anybody else nobody else just jesse <laughs> um but the uh uh yeah they, they set it up because they it needed to be civilian run because the, the the mounties hadn't done a great job and uh they needed to do it differently not a um, surprise. In a nutshell, I guess. Okay, next question. Hey. Can you tell the listeners why you say James Bond is Canadian? Because he is. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond is fictional, fictitious, but he was... Um, really? He's not a real guy? I know, I know. It's sorry, <laughs> sorry to break this bubble. He kept transforming into new people every time. Ian Fleming went to uh, Camp X, which is where they train new spies, and he went there with one of the lead... Uh, spies at Camp X, and we actually became friends with him, and and was inspired by this man. I forget the guy's name. William Stevenson. William Stevenson from Manitoba. Of Manitoba, right? William, okay, so he was inspired by William Stevenson to create a fictional fictional character based off of his friend who uh, he met during uh, Camp X, where he was learning to be a spy. Is that accurate enough? Yeah, and yeah. in Camp X, they learned how to kill people really well with, with screwdrivers yeah. and small <laughs> everyday objects <laughs> with a nasty look. <laughs> My next question is, do you think Canadians just kind of like, you know, if we're telling the truth or not, because can we just bullshit you? <laughs> no, we, we listen to the, we listen. We listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, do you think Canadians deserve a bond? And if so, what would his name be? Ah, mm. see, I think they should just get a Canadian actor to play James Bond. Because, like who? Uh, do you have yeah. in mind? Seth Rogen, I guess, is the best we Canada the has to offer. <laughs> but I think if Canada had a bond, it would be like a Seth Rogen type. Yeah, like, I don't think that Canada could have a serious, a serious bond, like a self-serious bond. I mean, I could see Justin Trudeau moving on to being a spy because like, <laughs> he did, he did act, didn't he? he was he, he yeah, performed in like a world. Yeah. You mean like a fictional spy, not like a real yeah. spy? Right. I think like as he could go to places. As Justin Trudeau, the former prime minister, whenever he's done in office, you know, as as prime ministers and as presidents do. But while he's there, dun, 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 he puts on like another man's mask, that person's skin over his, that's how it works, right? And then- Is that what they're still doing this? <laughs> I don't know. It's very Charlie's Angels. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that what the disguise team is working on in 2021? I think maybe not. <laughs> I mean, so everyone, even though James Bond was a spy, the bad guys always knew his name and knew who he was. So yeah, so yeah. true. Yeah, which be- seems which which seemed like an error, right? Like I know exactly who. Oh, shit. It, it's uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you so Reese? You allege the Cold War started in Canada. Can you explain why you make that allegation and give us a, a little teaser of the events that led to the Cold War um, that, that took place in Canada? Yeah. So during World War Two, while the Allies were fighting with the Soviet Union, uh, the Soviet Union were already thinking ahead to the end of the war and had established spy networks to a lot of Western countries. Uh, to steal nuclear secrets and to, you know, find out what they were up to. And Igor Gazenko, who was working in um, the Soviet uh, amb- uh, embassy in, in Ottawa, revealed that, that there was this network of spies in Canada. And it was the first uh, allied country to to really uh, realize that they had this going on and that uh, they were being spied on by Joseph Stalin and, and the crew, as he called them, I guess. <laughs> Just Stalin. You know, Stalin and the crew. Stalin and the crew, Khrushchev and the rest. (laughs) But uh, Reese, can you tell us about the illegals program and how it operated in in Canada? Yeah, so um, it was kind of real deep cover spies. The idea was, if you met a spy who was from the illegals program, as far as you knew, they were either born in Canada or, or they were typically from um, a lot. Some a lot of them had come from Canada, but they they would seem um, as American or Western as as they they were supposed to be, as if they'd lived their whole lives and they had no hint of being um, uh, from uh, from abroad, really. And uh, they they would steal the identities of dead people from those countries, start families, build businesses. Um, and it was yeah when it was exposed it kind of blew people's minds the level of uh, the level they'd gone to in terms of like planting these people that would were almost undetectable really we uh we did an episode if anyone's interested on uh, gordon lonsdale so that was, it was he was like he was a fake canadian too and he had a similar story to um yeah, to an illegal he like stole an identity oh, really? a dead um canadian or like a, ch- a child dead who children. died yeah, yeah in Canada and then he went to England and um did some crazy stuff <laughs> and we did it because the RCMP was key in was was critical in uh bringing down the Portland spiring because of Gordon Lonsdale but my favorite part about learning about the illegals was that they went so far to do all this stuff to create these fake identities to they were like supposedly excellently trained but a lot of reports found that they, a lot of them were quite ineffectual and kind of did nothing and kind of did like Enjoy. weird harassment espionage and not actually like you know bringing down North America and mostly just would like I don't know screw with people when they weren't at home I, um, I, I, I love that's what I loved about the Americans the TV show was that you know they they played that played it off where um the one you know the, the wife was still really on course with a mission and 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 the husband was like oh i quite like 1980s america and reagan this is pretty cool i could, got a trans am um i don't know <laughs> seduced by the trans am <laughs> exactly so i kind of i like how the um you know this to, to stay true to that mission for so long having kind of living in that environment and stuff is so weird is and i felt so they, i was so happy the kids got citizenship 
because like what a what a rug to have pulled under under from you. <laughs> hey kids, turns out that uh, your parents uh, they stole the identities of two dead Canadians. Uh, they're actually spies for a foreign country, and you have to go and live in Russia now. Um, like if you when you're a teenager, you're going through enough already. You don't need that. I don't know. Looking back on on me growing up in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Please yeah. continue. Uh, <laughs> well, when, I, when we first moved to Canada, our first Canada day as a family, like with my wife and my kids, we went. We we were kind of like, "Is this what you do? Do, do you wave flags on your head?" And we bought loads <laughs> of stuff, and we were just like, and I, I was like, we were like joking about the fact it was like we were calling ourselves the Canadians. So you have an uh, an episode about weapons of mass destruction in Canada. And I was pretty surprised to find out that there is uh, some, I don't even know what to call them, bombs off the coast of Nova Scotia. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's the, at the end of World War II, they were like, hey, we made all these bombs and bullets and things and chemical weapons. Well, there's a lot of chemical weapons. So they just dumped them in the ocean um, and then on a map. Seems safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I asked you this before, but do do you know if they're radioactive in nature? I don't think they're radioactive, but I think there's some bad stuff in there. Because there was a (laughs) maritime, not the maritime provinces, but specifically uh, Nova Scotia, maybe PEI in New Brunswick. So, okay, maritime provinces have the highest rate of cancer in all of Canada to the point where they're issuing, like they've issued a study. They're like, what the fuck is going on? That's weird. Oh, I heard about this. It's yeah. so funny that you said that. Yeah, it's true. If it, and if it has anything to do with a maybe huge, yeah, maybe it's the huge stuff. dumping of radioactive weapons outside. And then the lobster that like grow on top of them and then we eat them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think lobsters grow. So they like go, plants. they glow in and they go on there and they go. Yeah. Oh, you see oh, the blue ones? Right, That's yeah, where yeah, the blue yeah, ones come from. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think like, yeah, they, they, it's been there for 60 years. And I, because um, like, like we said in the episode, there's a bunch of missing nuclear weapons that are in bogs or at the bottom of the ocean. And they do have, um, you know, fissionable materials. Is that the right term? I don't know. Nuclear, potentially, like, you know, nuclear material and radiation leak, could leak out of them in the future. Um, if, if like salt water corrodes or whatever, or a rock falls on it. Um, or it's a not kid, if salt water or a kid kicks it when it salt water yeah, corrodes. Salt water <laughs> I love that nuclear weapons are missing. It's like, oh, <laughs> I thought it was in this cupboard. Like, how do you? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's Savannah in Georgia. There's a, uh, there's a bomb that is famously lost in the bogs there. And I spoke to a guy because I was pitching an idea to the BBC about um, missing nuclear weapons. It never got made. But um, I spoke to him. <laughs> And he spent his whole life looking for, for missing bombs. And he lived near where this bomb is supposed to be. Um, and it's just, just mind-blowing. You think that half, apparently he said, like half the community uh, want to find it and work out where it is and, and get it. The other half would want to ignore it and just carry on with life. <laughs> so it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's such a weird thing to try and wrap your head around. It's like, should we look for this weapon that could wipe us all out or poison the waterways? Or should we just... Just pretend it's not there and just, <laughs> just drink this beer and just chill out. <laughs> What's your favorite episode of your mini series and why? The last one, because it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sad. Well, you guys are really selling it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like the William Stevenson one, the, the, the one about, you know, the, the Canadian James Bond, just because I think I tutored him before, but in the UK, 
they always they they like to rewrite history to say he was British because Canada, you know, because because of the Canadian connection and you know being part of the Commonwealth and everything like British spymaster and but he wasn't he was like a Canadian and uh, and also I'm, I was so surprised that so few Canadians know that about him because he pretty much created all of these kind of like the CIA and MI six are all based around his work and what he did so like modern spy culture and popular culture and everything is just created by this one guy from manitoba who had also was an incredible businessman as well who built like who was uh you know the the kind of hotshot billionaire of his day i guess and then gave all his time and energy and resources for free to become to set up like his own uh off the book spy agency uh it and yeah it's just crazy i i just think that there's um it's just fascinating and not heard, not talked about enough, I guess. Maybe it is. I'm just in the wrong. No, place. I completely agree. I'm actually from Winnipeg and like people in Winnipeg love to talk about everything that's from Winnipeg, especially Winnie the Pooh. I don't know if you knew that. And um, I do. Yeah, now you do. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and not a mention of James Bond being actually from Manitoba. It could be a museum. I think 100%. 100%. Million dollar idea right there. Winnie the Peg Museum? Win- no, Winnie the Peg. <laughs> Winnie the Peg. Winnie Just the- a clothes peg in a forest. <laughs> <laughs> a little boy playing with the peg. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. I, I thought, again, I'm from the UK. Everybody used to pretend that was like a British story. Um, because they Winnie just- the Pooh? I think British. Well, people- it is. It's it, it is the only part of it that's from Winnipeg is the bear. The bear was like they bear- were in. It was bear- like the child named the bear Winnie ah. after Winnipeg. So there's it's like Canadian- it's a loose connection. Well, there's a Canadian Heritage moment uh, like for it, and I don't know how much truth is in this Canadian Heritage minute, but like, yeah, the the, the author of Winnie the Pooh was walking with his kid, and they in Winnipeg, and they come across the zoo and they see the little bear named Winnie after Winnipeg and the kids like you should name your cartoon character after Winnie the, the name it Winnie the Pooh so let's talk about what's next for you both um <laughs> on your podcast on your regular podcast and in your life but let's start with the podcast uh what's next what's oh, next well I don't know we we just we just finished like a, a um we had a strange month where Samsung decided to get involved, and we did all these. We did like a photo shoot where we were using Samsung gear and stuff. That was weird. Um, and <laughs> my favorite part about that Samsung promotional offer is that they they literally paid Samsung paid for promotional material of of recent eye like catching frisbees and playing tennis and running over two like middle-aged men like badly doing these exercises but the best the best part of these paid instagram and twitter promotional pieces was that they made no mention of who we actually were or our podcast we just are it's just suddenly two men just two, two, two unfit two men unfit men using samsung using samsung and that's it not like reese and jesse from the canadian politics is boring podcast nope just here's reese in his pool enjoying his <laughs> so yeah just just two very, very average funny. looking men floating around and don't running. get me wrong i'm eternally grateful yeah, that yeah. samsung wanted to sponsor us but it's just a very funny way of going about it yeah. <laughs> I so i don't know whether we'll i don't know whether we're going to do more stuff like that i have no idea maybe that was the first and last time who knows <laughs> we'll find tra- out maybe sam we traumatized sam's like but um the i think we, well we'll definitely do a fuck act in the winter 
um, coming up. So we'll do from the 1st of December. We're hoping to do something with... Uh, with the election coming up. Yes. Yeah. With the in election, September. we're going to do yeah. our own election coverage as an alternative to. I still, I still coverage. thoroughly, and like no joke, I really think our podcast should run in the election as a candidate. It's not possible. What would the platform be? Candy for everyone. Yeah. One yeah. issue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not enough candy. <laughs> and, and the other thing is we mind do, your own business. Mind, That's, your, own business. mind your own business. <laughs> 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 and the other thing is we do want to start doing live shows. I think we've yeah something we thought about for a long time. So we, we might start dipping our toe in and experimenting with live podcast records and see if there's any appetite for it. Um, I don't know. If we like fly out to Toronto and try and do a show and three people turn up. Um, <laughs> be great. That'd be oh great. Oh my God. <laughs> That'd be great. You five would have a good time, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> just move to the bar, get off the stage and just go drink at the bar. <laughs> We're bringing the microphones over to the bar. Make room. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm excited to be a part of, of uh, a show that continues to grow and entertain people. I mean, I, I grew up in a family of entertainers, as, as I've mentioned on the show before. Both of my parents uh, were professional comedians um, growing up, which made things weird, but entertaining. And so I just kind of grew up in a family of entertainers. And I like the idea of entertaining people. And I like being a part of this podcast. And Reese and I have constant conversations about like, what can we do next? How can we grow this podcast? How can we do other shows, television, podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just, yeah, it's exciting to me. We too. never do anything. We talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we talk about it. We don't do yeah. fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing, that's the weird thing with the politics show is that our audience is typically um, like 40 and under from the stats, which is really really interesting you great know, because that's not the you know there's a different generation people what people watching things like this hour is 22 minutes so it's it's fun to kind of be tapping into a younger audience because especially because they're the kind of people who don't normally vote as much so to be able to talk about politics with, with that crowd is is good fun i think yeah and i have to ask you Reese, about your new podcast company Podstarter. i'm super just curious about how mm. that's going and what it's about Brand new, started it last week. It's amazing. <laughs> it's terrible. We make awful shows. It's true. No, uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully, no we, uh, we we launched about two years ago, and we make um, yeah, we make business shows. We make uh, we're currently making a show about um, which is a really hard show to make because it's it's really uh, uh, really heavy to listen to, but it's about um, uh, transition houses for women who are fleeing domestic violence, which is kind of like a documentary podcast that we're building we do uh there's another comedy show that we've got called the demon seed which is a spin-off of a show i used to make in the uk and that is on episode four at the moment that's grown really well too um we've got a show about called little blue suitcase which is about um a guy who found love letters between his grandparents in world war ii in a suit, little blue suitcase in the basement um and we do like corporate work and yeah it's, it's cool we're, we're based in halifax but we're making um a lot of shows at the moment. It's, it seems to have taken off. Um, people seem to like podcasts all of a sudden. Um, I remember. I remember when nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think this is kind of maybe this isn't a fair question, but I'm curious because you guys are uh, you have Podstarter and you're you're with a network. Do you think that um, the days of independent Canadian podcasts are over? Do you think that independent Canadian podcasts can still rise and thrive? You might yeah. cut this question. I'm just curious what you guys think. No, I, right. I, Canadian politics is boring. Has nothing to do with Podstarter. No, no, no. It's, yeah. it's a separate thing. And and we and we started. We we at, like Reese literally just wrote to Apple Podcasts and straight up asked them, "Hey, can we get it to new and noteworthy, please?" And 
they said sure. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> just, like, that's that how like we started. Our first month, yeah, like within that. our first month, they just we just asked and they said okay, and that got the attention yeah, yeah. of the Frequency Podcast Network, and it went from there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I honestly, I think that the all the stats are showing that Canadians are moving towards Canadian shows, and you just got to look at a lot of the the front page of Apple or the front page of Spotify, and there are a lot of original Canadian offerings. And I think that as time goes on, um, there's, there's podcasting is you know is is still growing, it's still expanding, it's constantly changing. But I, I don't think that I don't think that networks networks are great, and I think that they'll always be good because they'll be able to put money into making certain kinds of shows. But I think podcasting's always been this grassroots uh, thing. It's always been people in their basements talking to their friends, and and that's it's kind of there's an accessibility to where anyone can start a podcast. And I don't think that'll ever go away because all you need is a smartphone or a, a small recording equipment. And uh, I want the, I, I, in my head, I want the bar to remain low because if you don't have the money or you don't have a lot of time, but you still have something important to say or a, mm -hmm. a cool show idea, you should be able to, to make it. And that still does happen. And I think that, um, I think while networks are able to kind of like, you know, cloud out the front page with, with releases because they build those relationships, I like to think that you know, there's, there's still the opportunity for independent shows to go through. Because, yeah, this show's only existed for a year. Yeah. Um, um, and we didn't have any money or anything to get started. And, <laughs> and we didn't, I didn't know anyone in any networks before we set up. And we just, just started having fun and talking nonsense. And yeah, people seem to like it. <laughs> and <laughs> it and like, don't forget that also that there's different layers, different types of success when it comes to podcasting. A lot of people don't talk about it. Most people, when they talk about a successful podcast, they are thinking strictly in terms of audience numbers, uh, a la Joe Rogan sort of thing, where like if you don't have millions of listeners to be able to draw in an audience, like uh, sponsorship deals, then why even bother? But that's not the case at all. There's like a lot of different reasons. Like actually, that's one of the reasons Reese got into Podstar from what he told me is, is uh, you know, there's companies that just want to be able to express certain information to people who are they already their customers or their customer base and that could be a thousand people you know or they could be 500 people and if they're reaching that 500,000 uh you know people who are already interested in that um then they've done their job you know like i know people who use their podcast as a cathartic release almost like uh like my my um my one of my podcasts that i, I listen to we i've mentioned it a bunch of we live on a planet uh, patrick he, he uses it almost like a, a personal journal for himself and and like he's got a you know a number of people who listen to it on a regular basis because it's relaxing and calming um and uh, you know and so like there's it there's different metrics of like how do the how how are you expecting to measure success with your podcast and if the answer is only ever i want to make millions of dollars through advertising and having millions of listeners good luck it's it's definitely possible, but that's not the only type of success you can have with a podcast. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think, Laura Laura Palmer hasn't like solved the um, the missing man in, on Vancouver Island, but you know she's put out this show and investigated a story that was she thought was under investigated and since putting that out she's gotten all kinds of tips and people are talking about it like there's lots of good reasons to have a podcast beyond you know becoming joe rogan um you can do a lot of good and like people are using it in a public interest kind of way and i think that's that's awesome think about the amount of really really cool people you guys have been able to meet because your show exists totally 
right? We've made so many. We've also made a lot of friends too from podcasting. <laughs> yeah, you can like make a lot of friends. Very under talked about, I feel like, but it's just like it's a great community. Like especially in Canada, yeah. it's it's just not that big, and it's such a great community. And I find that like everyone we meet is so cool and and like kind and wonderful. So it was a pleasure to meet you guys today. So can you tell us where can people find you? Where can uh, where can they listen? You can find Canadian Politics is Boring uh, anywhere that podcasts can be found, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Network, and the other ones. And the uses. other ones that nobody uses. <laughs> less than 1% of people. Um, and also CanadianPoliticsBoring.com, our half-finished website. But a website that is at poor. Uh, Some really cool pictures, though, worth seeing. We're, we're in- cool pictures on there. You did. Did I? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Jesse's like doing a one-handed handstand. Oh yeah, my my, my days. Am I more familiar with it? Here, <laughs> guys. I used to kept wearing when I was younger. Spell everything. But, um, <laughs> I think the and yeah. So, oh, and and re- like unlike um, I don't know. Reese Reese puts a lot of really funny stuff on our Instagram. Yeah, as well. So the keys constantly kind of urging people, and we've grown quite a bit. I think we're up to seven hundred Twitter followers and five hundred something six hundred Instagram. Instagram. So, yeah, we're not a powerhouse, but like. We were at like dangling on 50 people for like a number of months. Yeah, yeah. And then it just kind of kept like Reese just he won't shut up about the Instagram. He won't. And it grows. A lot of humble bragging here, you guys. There's nothing humble about it. There's seven. <laughs> so, so. 811 followers on Instagram is what I'm seeing. Oh, wow. It's gone. We've got one since this conversation happened. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic well thank you so much you guys for coming on the show and we hope to have you back again thank you. we have we have to do a call to action we do a call to action at the end of every show yes okay the call to action should be either my call to action or Lisa's call to action and you guys can have a call to action and our audience member our audience listener can decide for themselves my call to action dear listener is to go to canadianpoliticsisboring.com's merch site and purchase for you or a loved one a seduced by ottawa t-shirt What's uh, mine is just just have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Be a hot day. <laughs> I can get behind that one. What are you guys' call to action? I'm gonna be boring and I'm gonna say go follow us and your podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say leave both podcasts a review, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all business here at the Just Watching yeah. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks thank for- you very much. If you want to keep up with us in between episodes, you can follow us at Just Watch Me Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Send us your thoughts and feelings about the show at JustWatchMePodcast at gmail.com. And it really helps us if you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. See you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.